Now back off. We obey. That jarring cacophony can only mean one thing. It's time for another Power of Three podcast. This week, it's a Power of Two. And it's not the two you were expecting. It's me, Kenny Smith. And I'm joined today by... John Bolan. Now, use your proper title, please, John. All right, okay. (laughs) And Dr. John Bolan. Thank you, Doctor. There we go. You didn't spend a lot of time at Clever College to be uh, uh, Mr. Bolan. You are Dr. John. So yes, much respect to our very own in-house doctor, but not medical. Unless you know first aid, I assume you know first aid. I know how to stick on uh, an elastoplast, yes. Well, there we go. We're sorted. Anyway, you're listening to The Power of Three, the podcast where Doctor Who fans like to get together to grump and giggle, to goad, gossip, groan, grumble, gush, and occasionally grimace as we discuss our favourite time-travelling hero in all forms of his adventures, whether TV, audio, comic strips, animations, novels, magazines, or anything else you can think of. Today, we are going to be discussing the news of the upcoming release of Doctor Who Season 17 on Blu-ray, which will be the fourth Tom Baker set. So that gives us quite a few. That gives us just three left to go after this, which is quite exciting. Are you a Blu-ray collector, John? I am, yes. I have them all so far. It's such a gorgeous collection, isn't it? Just having them on your shelf and just going, that's like a whole year, a whole season in one box. Mm-hmm. Lee Binding's artwork is always so good as well. It really sets it all off. And it does feel like an event when you get the box set, you know, all the, the beautiful kind of sleeve notes inside the, the TARDIS stuff. It's great, absolutely great. And with you, I love unfolding. You've got that little bit of Velcro and then open it up and then fold the doors open and then do the top and bottom ones and then bring that booklet out. It's just, it is an event. It's, it's almost like, Christmas or a birthday and you're unwrapping a present and just like, yay! And as you say, the covers are always amazing. The work that he's done on them, taking bits from various photos just to create these wonderful composites, it's incredible. I absolutely love them. Whenever a new one comes out, you can't stop looking at them just like, wow. Mm-hmm. Putting all the detail and all the teeny things. So this was season 17, which was broadcast in 1979. Where were you in 1979, John? 1979, I was still in primary school, but I remember watching it all on on transmission, apart from Shadow, of course, <laughs> obvious reasons. I was I was in primary school, and I remember having mm, some mixed feelings about the the season, as we might discuss in a moment. But yeah, interesting because I was five. I had literally just started at primary school when this went out and I remember the teaser trailer with Tom things I think it must have been done in the set of Nightmare of Eden or Creature from the Pits where he's when there's a voice going doctor wake up and you're needed but not yet and he goes back to sleep a new season and a new series of adventures each Saturday as BBC One's intrepid traveller in time and space prepares once again to face the forces of evil 
Doctor, awake. Doctor, awake. Doctor, awake. I am awake. Who are you? Go away. What do you mean, waking me up in the middle of August? Doctor, I come to bring you a warning. You will be pitted against an evil force. Evil force? What evil force? A race known as the Daleks. Never heard of them. Daleks? Where? When? What are they doing? That I may not tell you. Then why bring it up in the first place? Forewarned is forearmed. Yes, but I remember once... You will now forget. You will now lose all conscious memory of this world. Hello? Hello? Somebody there? Did somebody say something? <laughs> <laughs> Noisy universe. Can't a fellow get a few months rest around here? Doctor Who sets off on a new series of adventures each Saturday, part of the new season on BBC One. And I remember that trailer, and then this was the first full season that I remember watching avidly when I was small in Destiny of the Daleks. I was so excited when that came out in VHS, or when I got a pirate copy of it back in the day, as it was one that just excited me so much. Just all, I mean, all the great cliffhangers with the Daleks going through, the do not deviate, do not deviate, smashing through the glass, Davros's hand moving, and all these wonderful, creepy moments. It's not the best story, but it's one that I've got a hell of a lot of nostalgia for. Yeah, I, I loved it as well. You were always excited for a Dalek story, and the fact that they don't show up until until the very end, obviously, no, they're going to be there, they're going to come, but but yeah, I, I do remember the excitement of that, of that reveal as they crashed through the the, uh, the very sturdy black glass plate thing to <laughs> terrorise Romana. Yeah. Um, no, it was really good. I really I really enjoyed it. And I thought the Mavellans were cool as well. And, you know, I thought, wow, they, they, look so, they look so modern, I thought, at the time, of course. <laughs> they, they, they just looked disco. That's, that's what it was, you know, with the snazzy hairstyles and all that. Yeah, so I really, really enjoyed it. Yep, I'm the same. I, I loved the Mavellans. I thought they were fantastic and... Sort of like didn't couldn't quite see why they caused the Daleks so many problems, but we don't. We, it's, it's one of those ones where you sort of like you you tell, don't show, and we'll not worry about it. I, mean, I always thought their spaceship was super cool as well, burrowing round and landing in in the ground and stuff. That I thought, yeah, that's really really good. So yeah, and I've had quite a few audio appearances with Big Finish as well, including an upcoming one with River Song as well, or it might not be River Song. Who knows? But Big Finish do. I don't. I haven't read the script, and yeah, I think there are. An intriguing possibility. And then next in this set is my favourite story of all time ever, in City of Death. Mm -hmm. Are you a fan of yeah. City of Death? Yes, I was. Again, it was one that kind of stood out, obviously, because of the location filming in Paris. So it had that beautiful feel to it. Um, but it was also such a funny script as well. It's also, of course, the one that got the the highest ratings for uh, classic Doctor Who mm -hmm. due to the the strike that 
the, the commercial channels that of operation or the commercial channel as it then was yeah uh, was it was 17.5 million or something it oh, got something uh, ridiculous yeah so it was really really good and again I thought the Jagaroth I thought Scaroth was a, a brilliant device that idea of being splintered through time uh, and so on I just thought that was really really good really really clever so yeah and I and I enjoyed James Goss's novelization of it too it brings out a different a different side to it, a different texture to it. But yeah, it's a great it's a great story. And you get the chemistry between Tom and Lala straight, you know, it's, it's obviously there in Destiny of the Daleks, but it's it's very apparent in City of Death. It's just so playful and and nice, you know. Yeah, because I went to Paris on my honeymoon and you know, I was coming out with lines like, should we take the lift or fly? And Jen just looked at me and went, What? It was like one of these moments sort of like, hmm. You don't appreciate this moment properly. Because I went back years later for for my daughter's birthday when Katie was crikey, it'd been 2017. So she'd been 11 and she wanted to go to Paris. So we went up the Eiffel Tower and all the time I'm singing D and the Dudley Simpson music as we always were crossing the road. And I've got a picture in front of the Eiffel Tower. I actually deliberately wore my Tom Baker season 17 t-shirt. And so there's a picture of me uh-huh. going, oh, doing that pose. Uh-huh. Yeah, I love it. Uh-huh. And one of, one of my favourite things about City of Death, which is completely unrelated, is that back in 2013, when I was doing the Mirror's 50th anniversary magazine, that they went through the archives and they found a couple of negatives from the photo shoot that they'd done in Paris. And they scanned them in and they found there were tons of unseen ones that nobody had ever seen before. So, of course, me being me, I have shared them online and you can find my Twitter feed last Christmas. So if you want to scroll back a long time and loads of pictures, you'll find a whole load of pictures from City of Death that you'd never seen before. And it was just so exciting Good. when I found those because it's like my favourite story. Yay. One thing I have yeah. to mention, episode one cliffhanger. That terrified me when I was five. And obviously you watch it now and it's a case of Julian Glover with a mask, with a mask on top of that and trying to keep it on. But I still think it works. It's, mm-hmm. it's a great idea, the whole concept. It does. It does brilliantly. And of course, let's not forget the cameo from John Cleese and Eleanor Braun. Yes. Um, Brilliant. I love that. I love that at the time as well. Yeah. It's, it's the fact it's just sort of blink and you miss it. And it's great. I love yeah. it. Uh-huh. Uh-huh. And then we've got Creature from the Pit, which is one that I remember the cliffhanger for it so well for episode one with Tom being stifled by a rattle. And of course, at that age, I'm not in any way thinking that looks like a giant green phallus at any point, mm-hmm. <laughs> which, uh, yeah, but it's an interesting one because I think it's a great idea and I think it's let down by the realisation of a rattle and it seems to mm-hmm. run out of steam for episode four when all of a sudden it's a case of quick, stop a rattle from going round the sun and stuff like that and getting them to do all that, make a shell. It's, I think, great performances in there, but for me it's one of those slightly unusual ones. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Yeah. I think it's it's better realised in the novelisation. You know, you get you get more of a sense of what it could have been. As you say, it's slightly let down by its production values, but also, as you said there, the the performances are great. The cast's wonderful. It's just great this idea of the the powerful woman, Lady Adastra, isn't it? Adastra, um, yeah. Myra Francis, Adastra, that's her name. Uh, yeah, yeah, yeah. And old mother as well, um, yes. returning after all those years. Um, yeah, the wolf weeds were good. I thought, and, and I thought they were they were quite well realised mm-hmm. at the time. I haven't watched it for 
quite some time. I can't remember had David Brierley or Brierley taken over the K9. Yep, he was doing this um, one, yeah. Voice at that point. So I was, yeah, so I, I, I didn't like him as much as John Leeson. I don't mean I didn't like him, but, you know, I just found that transition of voices quite, quite, quite jarring, you know. So it's amazing what you care about when you're a kid, isn't it? Exactly. How you something you mentioned the wolf weeds there? Yes, I thought they were brilliant at the time. Sort of like they've stopped canine because I loved canine, and yeah, I think that was mm-hmm. quite interesting. But it's also very interesting when you've got Lady Adrastra wandering around in her leather gear with a whip and stuff at the hats, and you think, mm-hmm. <laughs> very interesting for um, family tea time viewing in the seventies. I suppose if you've got budget cuts, that's one way to get the dads watching. Uh huh. <laughs> I expect you not to comment on this matter. I shall leave it there because that's my territory. I'm just nodding. Of evilness. That's your territory. Yeah, I won't won't encroach on your patch. No, absolutely not. That's mine. The innuendo land, that's my land. (laughs) And then we have Nightmare of Eden, which is one of those strange ones where very, very adult story. And again, perhaps it's let down by the production because it's perhaps too bright in places where you'll get mandrels shambling down the corridor, which if perhaps if the lighting had been pulled down a bit, that would have worked a lot better. But a great story, given the fact you've got drug smuggling in there. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I remember at the time when it was being publicised, I remember reading in one of the papers, they were talking about how this was, this story was going to feature some of the most terrifying monsters ever seen in Doctor Who. And then when I saw I thought, what? You know? Whatever you would call them, they certainly went weren't terrifying. Again, I suppose an interesting concept. That, you know, what do you do with a with a recycled or repurposed mandrel? They didn't they didn't terrify me. Uh, I'm I'm afraid, and that was really I think me on a trajectory then out of that particular season where I you know singularly failed to be terrified by anything that, that I saw, um, other than sorry, it's my dog's tail banging against oh. the. <laughs> Jasmine's trying to muscle in. Hello, um, Jasmine. Yeah, yeah. She can't hear because I've got my headphones on. But I'll tell, I'll, I'll tell you, you're asking for. But yeah, they were not conspicuously terrifying, in my opinion. But again, it's a story full of really interesting concepts. You know, the the the, the colliding liners and or ships and that sort of interface world that they go into. Yeah, it was that was good. I must say that was good. Yeah. Great ideas in there, but just let it down. You see, like the mandrels, I always thought there was something almost Muppet-like about them with their the bigger heads and the slightly longer arms. It was just, they didn't terrify me yeah. when I was five, so probably not a good sign. Uh-huh. But there's some great things in here, some really wonderful ideas about how to do the smuggling, the fact that if you zap a mandrel, it turns into Vrixoan. And it's also got one of my favourite guest characters in Doctor Who, because I have a thing for... Doctor Who guest characters who I think are really hot and could have been a companion. There's Janet the Stewardess in Trial of a Time Lord, who I think uh-huh. is gorgeous, the late Yolanda Palfrey. And I was so sad when I found out she'd passed away at a really young age. And here we have Della, who's played by Jennifer somebody. And um, I think she's really nice, although she does have her death where she gets zapped and she puts her hands to her chest and she's been zapped in the stomach or vice versa. And it's like, oh. <laughs> they could at least have got the effect right, but no. You didn't um, read the memo. No, definitely not. And then we have the horns of Nymon. What's your thoughts on that one? This was the the story that I remember watching, and my sister was in the room at the time. That used to be when I was a kid, a very young kid. I used to I used to just be placed in front of the television and I would shut out the rest of the world, and it was mm-hmm. just me going down that time vortex 
But as I was getting older, sometimes I would sit and watch it with the family. Uh, and in this particular occasion, my sister was watching it with me. And I remember being embarrassed by the horns of Naimon because I was aware that it was kind of sending itself up. And maybe that's the only thing you can do in those circumstances. But I remember thinking, no, oh, this is just getting silly, you know. And I remember kind of furtively glancing over at my sister who was looking at me, not at the television, as if to say, you know, this is this is what you think is good television. So yeah, so I was I was very I was very conscious of that at the time. Watching it again, though, you know, I could I could appreciate some of the finer points. Again, I think the Naimon, that's a that's a, an interesting concept. It's just very hard to realise on that particular budget. But uh, I'm a big fan of anything which has echoes of antiquity and mythology. So the whole thing about the Minotaur and Jason and all that and the labyrinth was really good. I thought. And Graham Graham Crowden is is, is is a fantastic actor. I really love anything he's in. Like I loved him in when he was with Peter Davison in a very peculiar practice. But he was great in that. If you if you haven't seen it, I would recommend that you do, along with David Troughton as well. It's very yeah, it's like a Doctor Who convention in some <laughs> respects. But yeah, but obviously as as Saul did, I think he again decided to yeah, just go for it. If you can't make it Genuinely, if you can't pretend to be terrified of the nine one, then you might as well uh, act as if you're you're on some sort of stimulant, <laughs> uh, which he it's does so whole, well. Yeah, the whole my dreams of conquest, and then he bursts into giggles at the end. I think, yeah, uh-huh. you're not taking mm-hmm. this seriously, but yeah, there's something quite fun about it. I mean, absolutely, I do like the. The concept of the Naimon is brilliant. Locusts using black holes, traveling from one world to another, draining them of resources, and moving on, which I think is great. But the realization's poor. Their voices are brilliant, and Big Finish used yeah. them really well again in Seasons of Fear. Spoiler: If you haven't heard that one, have you heard that one? No, I haven't. No. Oh, no. oh bums! Pretend I never said that. <laughs> <laughs> it's also also features, I think, one of Romana's best costumes, in my humble opinion. Yeah, that little. Red little little red riding hood, little red riding outfit, is is one that sticks in the memory, and was recently immortalised in one of the character options figures, wasn't it? It was indeed, along with the destiny outfit as well. So uh-huh. yeah, two of my favourites, and uh, I'm sure we'll be finding out about those quite soon in a certain other podcast that I may do. Yes, hint hint. <laughs> yes, plug plug for optional extras, but yes, that's not been recorded yet. Episode two is coming soon. Yeah, all in all, it's an intriguing one, but it just doesn't quite live up to the promise. But I think also just talking of Lala, she's absolutely magnificent in this story where she's dealing with the guy who's taken control of the ship with Janet Ellis on board. And she is absolutely just, she completely is running the show while Tom's off goofing about in the TARDIS with K-9. And just, it just shows you that Lala Ward could have carried the show. Mm-hmm. Yeah, definitely. Whatever happened to her sonic screwdriver? You never get to see it properly. It's like a shiny pencil, something like that. <laughs> and then, of course, there's Shadow, which some people don't consider canonical because it wasn't broadcast. Others do. And for the Blu-ray release, I see that we are going to get the episodic version, unlike the movie version that we got on the animated Blu-ray, which was out two or three years ago. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Are you a Shadow fan? I remember being slightly disappointed when I eventually got to see it. I, I remember the, the disappointment at the time was the fact that it, it wasn't finished and it, you know, it just disappeared into the void, as you said. 
but I didn't get a hold of the VHS when it became available. It was the, it was the only one that evaded me. Wow. Um, so I had never never seen any of it. And then I began to see the kind of the, the reimagined versions, you know, with, with the ones that the, the, the BBC did on their website back in the day and then the, the audio version. So when I saw it in, in that kind of movie edit, that came out a couple of years ago. I could, I could again see this was this was a really good concept and a really good idea, full of you know Douglas Adams do, doing what, what what he does best. But I was just a little underwhelmed by it. I think maybe I've not I've not I've not given it the attention it deserves. Maybe it just I, I should go back and uh, maybe this episodic release will give me an opportunity to, to look at it afresh. Yeah, I think when you do have the movie version, it is a hell of a lot to watch in one sitting. And I think possibly by having it in 25-minute bites or thereabouts, that'll probably make a big difference and you can pick it up and come back to it another time and hopefully be able to enjoy it that way. But it's one that I've, I mean, I've got a lot of affection for, it, probably just because of the five doctors and the fact that you only get, what, two and a half minutes of Tom Baker in it. And it's probably one of the most quotable bits of it all. I mean, let's be honest, at this time of year, how many of us are going around saying, I do love the autumn, the leaves, the colours, because <laughs> I've used it twice in the last week. Don't tell anyone. Uh-huh. It's, that's good. So we've had the trailer drop, but before we hear a little bit of that, let's hear what our friend and colleague, Mr David Steele, has to say about it. Hello, everyone. Kenny has asked me to share my thoughts on the announcement of season 17 being the next Doctor Who series, classic Doctor Who series to be released in the whole Blu-ray collection. And I have to say, I don't really have an awful lot to say about it. I kind of shrugged. I heard about it because I got a message from Will saying something about it and I went, all right, what has this been confirmed? I think I'd heard rumors about it vaguely. Um, And I got to say, I was, I kind of shrugged. It's not that I think it's a bad season. I mean, I enjoy it. Like everyone else, I love City of Death. I have a lot of time for Nightmare in Eden, Creature from the Pit. I think there's some brilliant jokes in, in, in Creature from the Pit. Nightmare of Eden, just, you know, it's one that I remember really well from being a kid and all that. But I just, for me, it's not a season I can get particularly excited about. I mean, in comparison, when season 23 was announced with its, um, you know, the the episodic version of Terror of the Vervoids and you know, a lot of the other bonus material, I was like, oh, and obviously season 24, I was delighted that when that was announced because it's a series I'm a big fan of and the bonus material is astonishing. Still haven't finished watching it all and that's been out for months. I mean, I've watched most of it. I think it's just the studio footage for Dragonfile that I haven't watched yet. In fact, we haven't done an episode on season 24. We should do that soon. But some of the other ones, like I didn't buy season 10 when it was announced or released. I waited and bought it finally in a sort of smaller standard packaging you know i was more interested season eight i just bought it because you know it was mid-pandemic and i needed cheering up but season 17 does i mean it's good they've got tom for some of the commentaries another version of shada you know how many versions of shada do we need how many versions of shada do any of us ever watch at any one time as i say it's good that tom baker's involved quite so heavily but there's nothing desperately you know Desperately exciting about the special features that really reaches out and grabs me. The trailer's obviously a lot of fun. I thought David Goodison was dead. Does that make me a bad person? But, you know, I think, to be honest, in this case, this is another one that I'll probably, unless I end up having a ridiculously busy next couple of months and have more money than sense by the time of release, I think this is one that I'll probably also wait until it comes out eventually in the standard packaging. 
Thanks for that, Dave. And now we shall hear a little bit of the trailer for the Season 17 box set with David Gooderson back as Davros. Long have I waited, imprisoned in this endless void, confined to oblivion. But I am not defeated. The resurrection is near as I have foreseen. Children are returning to their ancestral home. Returning to me. Our destinies are entwined. Only through their creator can they achieve their full potential. Only with my help will they exterminate all opposition. Only with Davros as their Emperor will the Daleks take their rightful place as the supreme power of the universe! Doctor Who, The Collection, Season 17. John, what did you think of the trailer? It's rather exciting, isn't it? Yes, it was it was great. Um, I have to say that I, I didn't know about the release at all until you sent me a message about it, but then I oh. got right on and I did my Google search and there was the trailer written by Peter McTie. Is it? Peter yeah. McTie, yeah. Uh, and it was really, really good to see the classic Davros in his in his chair and but, uh, yeah, it was it was really good. I really really enjoyed that, and it was really good to see how obviously they've gone back to the original location for the appearance of the TARDIS and all that. So yeah, it's a really good, a really good tra- uh, trailer. I love these trailers. I mean, they're, they they're also like an event in themselves as well when they come out. So yeah, great stuff. Yes, I enjoyed it, and then just all the clips that we've got. I'm going through some, some Tom looking a little bit old and frail. Please be okay, Tom. Like Lala. Yeah, yeah. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Love seeing Lala. And in fact, we've got some interesting special features there. A new making of documentary for Destiny, which will be great. And as you say, going back to the original locations, which were also used in The Underwater Menace. So I wonder if they double banked and got something for that when they were there as well. Who knows? We shall hopefully find out one day. And a featurette for Creature from the Pit. But yeah, I do love the making of documentaries and the fact that, there's, that I'm just so grateful there's so many people involved in the making who are still around. Yeah, mm-hmm. absolutely. We've got absolutely. Tom Talks, a candid interview with Tom with his unique take on life, the universe and everything. There's a Douglas Adams tribute, which I think is very appropriate for this with him having script edited the whole season. And there's so many influences in his work that show up later on, like a whole load of Shada being reappropriated and you know little bits like teach yourself mountain climbing and it's in Mongolian and teach yourself Mongolian and wee things like that and Creature from the Pit, which uh-huh. are quite funny. And then the big conversations with Bob Baker, who wrote Nightmare of Eden and co-created K-9. So that'd be quite an interesting one with Matthew Sweet because mm-hmm. I do love his big chats. Yeah, yeah, they're great. And we're getting an extensive interview with Lala Ward, who I probably should admit at this point, 
was my first ever crush off of the telly. I think she's just brilliant. I love Lala. And I've, had to, I've been lucky enough to interview her once. So. Lovely Lala. Mm-hmm. Terrifying, because obviously she's a very <laughs> a very bright, intellectual, smart lady, and I'm not an intellectual, bright, smart lady. So, yeah. <laughs> and, of course, there's... Don't some put yourself bad. down. Oh, I'll let you do it for me then. Um, <laughs> behind the sofa, which I always enjoy watching these mm-hmm. and seeing how people react to them now. It's a bit like Gogglebox. Still maintain this should be called Goggle Docs, but maybe that's a bit too close <laughs> legally to the original. Who knows? Yes, yes. And there's Colin Baker, Katie Manning, Matthew Waterhouse, Nicola Bryant, costume designer June Hudson, Graham Harper, and Matt Irvin, the visual effects designer, who I love. Ah, is that who that was? There was I struggled to recognise who that was. Yeah, I recognised Graham Harper, but I thought, who is this guy? And it, it was just it was it was such a fleeting appearance in the trailer that I thought, oh, who is that? Yeah. Um, so that's a good, good. That's 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 put me out of my misery. Yeah, I know who that was. And there's also Nightmare of Eden with new optional effects, which mm, I'm not convinced by what we saw. It did look a bit CGI rather than proper yeah. model because some of the ones they've done previously have been brilliant, but yeah. um, not quite there. Shadow, we're also going to get the original 92 VHS and 27. God, it's 2017. That's four years ago. That's unbelievable. So we're going to get that on there. New audio commentaries with Tom on Destiny and City of Death and Lala Ward and Catherine Schell in City of Death as well. I like that. Mm -hmm. And we've got an extended cut of Creature from the Pit Part 3. That'll be good. And there's some other gems from the archives, convention footage with Tom and immersive 5.1 surround sound on Destiny and Shada. So that's fairly, as always, a comprehensive package. Yes, almost a, almost a Christmas treat. Do we think it will come out before Christmas or be delayed until February? Oh, don't, I don't sleep. <laughs> I, know, I, know, I know it's due out on the 17th or something. Yeah. Um, but yeah, it would be nice if, if for once they did get this out for Christmas. Yeah, it's one of those ones, sort of they advertise them and then every single time the release date is pushed back by two, three weeks and you just think, why, why? Just get the, everything assembled, everything edited, everything copy mastered, everything's correct, everything's proofed, and then just go to production. But oh, if only, if only. But yes, I would love it as a, this would definitely keep me going through the Christmas season uh, with yes. plenty to watch. And the fact you can watch each episode, the fact you can watch them, this normal episode, you can watch them with the production side t- subtitles, you can watch them with the commentaries, you can watch them with the new commentaries. So effectively, you can watch it four times at least in a different way every time. Am I the only yep. one who does that, or do you do that too? I tend not to do that, um, <gasps> but now that you've said it, I think I probably will, because I realise what I'm missing out on. <laughs> and it would it would help me be as knowledgeable as you are, and as cool, so I'll definitely do that. You are so coming back, John, for all your kindness. I know. I never get this sort of friendly praise from the likes of David Steele or Tom Harris, so yeah, they can bugger off. <laughs> yeah. Well, I'm 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 here as a counterbalance to them. Absolutely, and it's I'm the nice. white guardian to their black guardian. <laughs> Absolutely, a man of learning. That's why we like you. We like having Doctor John Bolin on. So, all in all, it's... I am genuinely excited. I'd heard a rumor this one was coming. I'd uh, seen somebody talk about it on Twitter, saying they'd seen it listed somewhere on a German site or something like that. Goodness knows how, but yes, can't wait. And it'll be the perfect Christmas present for me. If and listening. me. Yes, let, let's have one each. Yes, so, I know. Listeners, 
send us money and buy us them. And yeah, we'd be delighted to, to have these. So yes, lovely. So before we go, better do the usual mentions. You can follow The Power of Three on Twitter at powerof3pod.com. And you can find our Facebook page where you can like it. And we promise we will put some stuff on the page soon. I promise, I promise, I promise, I promise, I promise. Cubs honour. There we go. John, you can see what I'm doing it, see? Cubs? Yep, I can confirm. He is making the solemn, taking the solemn oath. Indeed. I promise that I will do my best to upload stuff to the Power of Three Facebook page to do my duty to God and to the Queen to help other people and to keep the Cub Scout law. I mean, they said the Brownie Guide, and I don't know why. I was never in the Brownies, but Billy Godley. Quite. Yes, I don't know where I went with that. John, for those who want to follow you on Twitter, where can they find you? Well, I haven't written it down this week. So just at Dr. J. McGB on Twitter, uh, but just Google for John Bowen and then you'll find me there. It's the first thing that comes up. Yay! Don't don't go any further than that, though, in your internet search. Just <laughs> stick with Twitter. Okay, we shall go with that. We shall go with that. And if you're interested, you can find me at finishedzine, F-I-N-I-S-H-E-D-Z-I-N-E. And you can find out more about the other podcasts I do there as well, which is Pieces of Eight, the world's only eighth Doctor-dedicated podcast, with episodes dropping weekly. And we've even recorded our Christmas Eve special already, believe it or not. That's how much forward planning we do. We've even got a complete episode for season three, which won't drop till probably February. So yes, this has been episode 83 of The Power of Three, which means we're 17 away from the century. That's quite scary. That's quite scary. We need to do something special to celebrate, but we don't know what yet. Yeah, you'll have to have a special special episode. Yeah, maybe Um, we could get like all five of us round and go and fight in the death zone and find our old enemies and being whittled away. No, no, no. Well, not be, away. No. no. That's why I always thought he said, but, and it made no. me laugh. I was <laughs> of we didn't get a chance to say spack off. <gasps> back off! In, in, the course of, in the course of this. <laughs> That's what this episode's going to be called. This episode's called Spack Off. <laughs> and you've got to do the hand thing that Tom does as well. Yes. Let's spack off. Spack off. I wonder if what he was meaning to say, but just changed it, no doubt. It sounds like <laughs> such an improv line. It's wonderful. So for me, Kenny, thank you very much for listening to our ramblings about season 17. And I bid you farewell, and I hope you all have a good week. Until next time. And it's good night from me. Thanks for having me once again. I can't think of anything funny to say, because I've already said spack off. <laughs> so spack on, everyone. <laughs> yes, everybody. <laughs> Calm and spack on. That's my advice. So, John, do you have a question for me? What piece of appropriate music have you chosen for this week to play us out? Well, John, I'm glad you asked me that. As anyone who knows me will testify, I love electronic and dance music. So, I've chosen Ladytron and Seventeen.